So welcome again to another episode of Anecdotally Speaking. This is our podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, I'm Sean Callahan, And I'm Mark Shank. And Sean, you're off to the US soon. Yes, yes, off to the US. I'm working with uh, a couple of interesting organizations. I'm do- actually doing a public workshop in San Francisco. So hopefully we'll see a whole bunch of interesting folk there. But I'm actually doing some work for a large games company. Right? So, you know, computer games on your Xbox, uh, your PlayStation 3, all that sort of gear. And what I'm noticing, there's a bit of a pattern I'm starting to notice. You've got these really big, you know, sort of creative companies that you would think, and not would you think, they definitely have an ability to craft and tell stories, right? They do that in their games. That's essentially what the business is. And so you've got this business talking about the fact that they are a story business, but many of the leaders who are not in the story crafting part of the business, and not in the creative component, that not in the creative component, they've been told they're storytellers, and they're freaking out a little bit because, quite frankly, they're not exactly sure what to do. So I just find it fascinating. You know how we talk about big S, little s storytelling. You've got these companies that are doing this big S storytelling. But the rest of the organization, the people who are doing the sales and marketing, the people who are just managing employees and you know, engineers and creative folk who need to do the little s storytelling, you know, have no idea how to do that yet. So building on that, recently uh, I was in New Jersey running a, a two-day uh, storytelling polluters program. And at the end, got the group in a circle and everybody had a, the conch. You know, the person who's holding the conch has the floor. And I asked them for a learning, an action, and a general comment. And one of the participants, uh, we made the contrast about the big difference between story and assertion. So very, very different communication styles. I had a diagram up that I'd sort of developed over the course of the workshop. And anyway, one of the participants walked up to it and he pointed to the line, which is assertion, statement, tell, push. And he said, I went and did an MBA for two years. All it taught me was to use this style. And wow. I had no idea that this other option was available to me, this story option. So, yeah, I kind of get that thing where leaders are, they're kind of trained to not do stories and then they find themselves in creative organizations going, oh, what's this story thing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So anyway, it's going to be good fun. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Now, I believe you've got a story for us, Mark. Why don't you lay it on us? Right. So this story was shared with me uh, in Vienna in 2014. I was training a, uh, a bunch of uh, new partners in Europe and one of them, Janusz Kamenski from Poland. I was training him to deliver the storytelling fleeters. So Hi, Janusz. Yeah, and if you're in Poland, yeah, give him a call. So back in 1987, it was the Australian Bicentennial, celebrating 200 years since the first fleet sailed into Sydney Harbour. And so as part of the Bicentennial, tall ships were sailing from all over the world to kind of recreate that fleet entering Sydney Harbour. Janusz grew up in Poland and uh, he was saying that he did not have access to boating or anything. He'd never even been on a ship, but he heard that Poland was sending a tall ship. They have a core crew, but there was 11 bunks for people to learn how to sail the ship and be part of the crew. And right. it's a two-month cruise to Australia, uh, several months in Australia, and then two months of sailing back. And he had this dream of going to Australia. There was no way he could ever afford it. So he saw this ad for the tall ships and he went, this is my ticket to go to Australia and have this experience that I've always wanted, but there's no way I can ever achieve it. But the thing is, I don't know anything about sailing. 
<laughs> a limitation. <laughs> kind of a, a limitation. He'd never even been on a boat. Right. And he turned up to the first meeting and there was 200 people, applicants. Yeah. And there was 11 bunks available on, on the tall ship. And he went, there is no way I'm ever going to, to get one of those bunks, but I'm going to try. And so after a few months, they whittled the 200 down to 50. And those 50 people went through a year-long training program. And, yeah. But gradually, people were dropping out. Right. But then still, you know, a few weeks before, there was no way that he was going to get a, get a berth. And yet, a few days before sailing, they said, you've got a berth. And he went on that boat and there were four spare bunks when it sailed. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and he went, I was amazed for me, this was the opportunity of a lifetime. There was abs- I would do anything in my power to make this happen. And I just turned up to every meeting. I turned up to every training session. And there I am on the boat. But I could not believe there were four spare bunks. Wow. God, can you believe that? You know, And he got to go on the training. I go the on, trip the, on the, the trip. Life- trip yeah. of a lifetime. He said yeah. it was the most amazing experience of my life. Fantastic. Yeah, now that's, that's a hell of a story. So let's have a chat about what we like about that story, what it, why it works. I guess the first thing I would say is that I, I just love the, the fact that it sets up this unattainable goal. You know, what seems to be for him an unattainable goal. We love those stories. It's a very Cinderella story, yeah. really. You know, we love those stories of, you know, starting out low, you know, there's no chance, he's got no money, and then there's this opportunity, the ticket to the ball, right? So I think that's a... That's a nice element. He needed a fairy godmother to get him here. But that that was himself, really, in many ways. Yeah. Um, So I love that part of the story. What did you like about it? I was in the room when he told it, and just the emotion that he told it with was amazing. It was such a big thing for him. Yes. A turning point in his life, but also for him a huge realisation that by being persistent, having an objective and sticking it out, you could achieve amazing things. And that was kind of the business point that he attached to that story. Right, right. Um, so I guess I have got the advantage that in my mind, when I tell that story, I'm picturing Janos in that room in Vienna sharing, uh, it. sharing it. Yeah, it makes all the difference, doesn't it? You're going to relive it then. As we go through this section of the podcast, of course, there are going to be things we say which we repeat over the various podcasts because there are certain key things that make a story work. And of course, we've said this many times, but visual. I could see the tall ships. In fact, I remember in 1988, actually, the tall ships coming into Jarvis Bay in New South Wales. So I've got that image of those sails. You might have seen the ship that Janos was on. Could very well have done that. And it was spectacular, absolutely spectacular, just seeing those ships. And, you know, it's like you sort of imagine this is the... The, the Captain Cook type ships that you would imagine Endeavour look like to, to come into the harbour. So for me, I was reminded of that image as you were ter- telling the story. So again, it just connects into the visual element. I think too, I, even when you just mentioned bunks, I had that real sense of those cramped quarters and, you know, I must admit I'm not much of a seafaring <laughs> fellow, so, you know, there is an element of feeling a little bit queasy when I hear stories of sailing ships, etc. Uh, so again, that's a multi-sensory uh, experience of some of these things. 
And I'm just thinking some of that stuff you could probably amp up a little bit in that story, right? Okay, so I guess uh, how could we make that story even better? So mm. I'm just wondering, you know, at what point do you finish the story? So you finish the story right on the point of there were, you know, those bunks left vacant, which does, that is a, a shocking and surprising end, if you like. Um, and it probably does make a lot of sense there. But I was thinking, you know, uh, in movies where there's, where time elapses and they do the, what do you call that in, in a movie where they sort of, it's almost like someone trains. Well, so it's called the denouement. So after the climax of the movie? No, no, I'm not no? thinking of that. I'm actually thinking of uh, in the middle of a movie, you have um, some period of time has to pass. Oh, like in, the in montage. Not, the montage, oh, that's right. You've got to have a montage. That's right, you've got to have a montage. And so there was a montage possibility there around all the training and attending classes that he did. And I'm just wondering whether you could bring some of that element out of uh, you know, picking a few different things that he did so that you really get that sense of that you know that year that yeah, he and put the in. commitment, like the the like the pre-dawn freezing, uh, you know, r- picking up frozen ropes and yeah, all that sort of stuff. So yeah. I think that could just raise the uh, the bar because each time you do something like that, the question is, is he going to get in? Yeah, right. He's got to put in all that effort. Is he going to get in? And maybe the announcement of him getting in. How did he find out he yeah, got in? That's that. Um, yes, because that is a huge moment. Isn't it ever? Yeah. So, you know, is he, did he get called up? or? Yeah, that, in fact, that would really amp up that story. Do you know the answer to that? No, I don't. Right. No, Interesting. Don't. So we'd have to give him I'll a call. Send him a, send him a note. Yep. But, yeah, no, there are a couple of things. What, what do you reckon? Is there anything well, that jumps uh, out for you? As you we were talking, I was thinking that uh, I didn't elaborate on what a tall ship was and I kind of just assumed that people know what a tall ship was. And with just a few words, I could have said, so a tall ship, you know, those sailing ships from the 1700s. Yes, pirate ship. Pirate, pirate ship. That's yeah. right. But because um, I kind of assumed that people would know what a tall ship was. And yeah. maybe they do, but with just a few short, with a few words, I, I could make sure that they knew. Yes. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Well, what do you reckon? Where would, uh, where would you tell a story like this? Oh, when you're asking people to do hard things. Yeah, right. Right, exactly. Of course, Yanis uh, has got a, an absolutely kick-ass connection story there doesn't oh it? yeah you know that is just can ask for better for, for getting a sense of his character says a lot about his character so um i think that's certainly where it's told but when someone else is telling it like if for, for us who are just building our story repertoire yeah you're right it's about okay we're gonna have to, to knuckle down we're gonna have to dig in by the way uh, a friend of mine over in poland and then you tell that story and it just gives a sense of there's, all, uh, there's a sense there too of, you know, if you just hang around long enough, attrition will work for you. Yes, yes, exactly. You know? Yeah. If we stay the course, we give ourselves a huge chance. In fact, we've kind of seen that in our own business, oh, haven't we? Oh, totally. Mate? You know, the fact that we're now into our, what, 14th, 15th year, it's the longer we're doing it, the more other people have fallen out of the business, but it just gives us more stories to tell, more experiences to have, more possibilities, more people we know, it just builds up. It's I also a, it, think that, you know, it's happened, given us the opportunity to make all the mistakes and, yeah. and learn the lessons. Yeah, indeed, a few of those, yeah. I think that other thing too is, and I don't know if it came out strong enough in, well, maybe it did, but I'm just thinking about the vision element. So, you know, Giannis has obviously had this vision of 
getting to Australia. Uh, I'm just, it'd be nice. What was it? I wonder what was driving that. Did he say anything about that? Was it, was it just this yeah, thing he that did, he did? Yeah. Um, uh, he, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but, but something had happened that planted in his seed as a young man that he wanted to go to Australia. Right, right. Because I think there's something there about, you know, having a vision that that was the thing that was drawing him along. It was sort of mm. really making him persist and stick in, stick in with the, all the training, et cetera. So I think that could actually be really interesting if you're trying to help people understand the importance of having that uh, longer-term vision. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it's a really good application of that story is, is the importance of having a vision. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, good. Right, yeah, well, that's, that's a terrific. Empty Bunks, I love that. That's the name you, you that's call That's in, in my story bank, Empty that, Bunks. Empty Bunks, I love yeah. that. Um, what do you reckon? What, in terms of our rating? Well, before we go on to the rating, um, something that you said uh, as we were uh, getting ready uh, about the importance of, if, if you don't have, uh, you know, if you don't think you've got great stories to tell, then you really should just go and do interesting things because... It will very rapidly build your story bank, your story repertoire. Yes. In fact, any time you uh, have a situation where you're feeling like you're just going to say no to something, you know, go, oh, no, I'm a bit tired or I'm, you know, say yes to it, you know, and all sorts of funny things can happen. You know, I know that's happened for me multiple times. Yeah, and, and look, it's just I was in uh, New York a couple of weeks ago and I needed a haircut and I was just wandering uh, along 12th Street West up towards Ninth Avenue because I wanted to uh, get myself near the Lincoln Tunnel. Anyway, and I walked on and there was a sign to a barber shop, but it was down this very dodgy-looking set of stairs. Yeah, and, right. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, should I? But I didn't, and I'm kicking myself because I might have bumped into like this incredibly funky barber shop, but I kind of let the the no uh, get in the way. Right. And, right. and I, I, I'm, I'm. So I didn't do an interest, but I, I should have done the interesting thing, which is to go down and get my yes. hair cut in that barber shop. That's right. You know, I mean, you only have to um, set aside, you know, being mugged or something like that. But yeah. Apart from yeah. that, uh, you'll be all fine, right? <laughs> um, now, okay. So let's give let's get on to ratings. I guess I'm up first, right? So I think for this story, look, I like the story, but I'm not too sure I'd tell it that often because it's more of a story, someone else's story. And I'm just thinking I'd probably give it somewhere between a, a six and a seven. It's a good story, but I can't see me telling that story that easily. So is that a 6.5? That- I guess that it is, isn't it? A <laughs> 6.5, yeah. Okay, go for a 6.5. Um, Lock it in. All right. Now, I, I agree with you about application because one of the, the criteria is not just is it a good story, but is it useful? Yes. Um, and... I, you know, if I was just going to rate that on, you know, quality, you know, like effective and impact of the story, I'm going to give that like an eight and a half. But I'll moderate that because of what you said. The, there's probably not too many circumstances where you could use it. So after all that rationalization, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Excellent. Fantastic. Now, uh, just before we finish up, I just wanted to uh, point out to people, there are a couple of resources that are starting to build with this podcast. One of them is that what we're doing in the, if you go to the podcast page uh, on our site, you'll see that we've just written out essentially the story in a very shorthand way, enough for you to just cut and paste it and pop it straight into your story bank, right? So you have this ready-made story bank. You've now got a good 12, 13 stories that you can uh, add to your story bank. 
Uh, so use that. And the other thing that you'll sort of see eventually if you go back over the episodes, we've got the whole transcript of each episode being put into the blog post uh, in where the podcasts are actually described. So go in and have a look at that. And you can sort of see other, st- of course, we tell other stories along the way. It's just our habit to, to, to think of other examples. So check that out too. So I think they're two really important things to just, you know, keep building your story repertoire. Which is the purpose of this, uh, this entire podcast. Indeed, indeed. Okay, well, let's wrap things up. Thanks very much for coming along and listening in to Anecdotally Speaking. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time where we'll help all of us put stories to work. Mm-hmm.